Hello, and welcome back to Castle Run Relay, a Star Wars podcast. Our episodes are still dropping bi-weekly for the foreseeable future at the beginning of the week, and you can follow us on social media. Our links will be in the description. This week, we're shifting back into High Republic mode and discussing the first Phase 2 novel Convergence by Zoraida Cordova with one of our besties. But before we get into that, hi everybody, my name is Hayden, I use she, her pronouns. You can find me on TikTok at taika.ytd and on Twitter and Instagram at mcuytd, although I think they might be changing soon. Don't get shocked. And my brain room of the week is Murderbot with his silly little knapsack. I, okay, Sage was right. That's all I have to say is that Sage was right and that the Murderbot <laughs> books are so addicting and they're so good. I get through one of those within like a day and a half, which we know my reading speed. So that's like crazy. And I'm not, I'll save this for the literacy updates, but I haven't started the fifth book, which is Fugitive Telemetry yet because I'm reading another book that I'll talk about in the literacy updates. But I, I fucking love Murderbot, man. It's so, I know it doesn't like touch, but I need to give it a hug. Also, um, I think the, one of the last books, System Collapse, is coming out in a couple of weeks. It comes out next week, but there's a bookstore right next to where I'm living that has like an event with the author, Martha Wells. So I'm very excited for that. And I might see some of the besties there because apparently my professor like owns the bookstore and she's been to like celebration. She went to both San Diego Comic Cons that I went to. Like she's been, she's like, she owns the place. So that was news to me on the very first day of class this quarter. But anyway, I've talked too much. Emily, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Uh, hi, I'm Emily. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at underscore Stardust M and on TikTok at Stardust M. Um, my brainworm of the week are the parallels between Sejanus and Peter Malark. Uh, I, whoever tweeted that one thing ruined my fucking life, and I hope they know that. (laughs) I bet it was Claire. It wasn't Claire. uh, (laughs) But it was someone else who also ruined Claire's life. But yeah, that's I'm 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 shifting back into my Hunger Games phase. <laughs> I got to focus on shifting into Hunger Games mode. <laughs> shifting into Hunger mode. Got to prepare two weeks. <laughs> uh, special guest, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, um, I'm Kels. Uh, my pronouns are they, them. You can find me on TikTok at Discount Sansa Stark and on Instagram and Twitter at Sansa Skywalkers. Um, and my brainworm of the week was Will Solace saying that he wants, if he could go on a date with any Star Wars villain, he'd go on a date with Dredd and Voss. So... <laughs> sorry easy for that i just remember i just remember sitting like i was reading sun in the star and i was like that's a deep cut all right marcus shiro let's go he's crazy <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then nico's like i don't remember who that is i just watched all the movies like this. <laughs> well it's like who would you go on a date with and nico's like Vader because he's mysterious and I'm like mass kink okay I see where 
I'm like, Nico's just like me. He's just like me for real. Oh, you're so silly, Goofy. (laughs) (sighs) All right, well, has anything happened within the past two or three weeks? I know one thing that happened just recently is we got phase three art or concept art for characters that included a joke about Stellan. However, where the heck is the phase two character concept art? No, that's 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 my no, it's like the way like obviously Dagira Star Wars Star no, oh my god, Staros. Oh my god. Did she look amazing? Yes. Yeah. Do I want her in my bed? Absolutely. <laughs> Am I mad that Gira Star Wars uh, Star? Uh, hard. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. Am I mad that she has two concept arts now as a side character, but Ziri fucking Alvarin has fucking nothing? <laughs> Fontu Zen, canon pretty boy Fontu Zen doesn't have character art. I hate it. It's I hate bottles. it. It boggles my mind because we obviously have like Gela and Axel ha- are on the covers of, and, like, and then Aslan. Ross they also got their own yeah, concept they also got art their too. Own art. Oh, but those two, they did. They got official concept art, but Ziri and Fontu also not. like none of the other Jedi got concept art. Like I know, except and they're on Creighton like Sun. yeah, Creighton did. Oh, Creighton. Uh, Aslan Rowe did of all people. Well, um, it's because I yeah. I we know why Aslan did. <laughs> But uh yeah, but and like didn't we get like Yaddle concept art? We all know what Yaddle looks like. <laughs> we got Yaddle, we got Ch- I mean Chancellor Greylark and Chancellor Malo got But art. no Ziri and Fontu? No, I I think Star quite Wars literally just personally hates me and they're just trying quite to literally me they are the heart. They are the heart of phase two and they don't get, have concept art. Did we even get like official Yana Row? Yes, we did. We got yes. Yana oh, okay. and then obviously Kevmo. But and Kevmo, yeah. <laughs> yes, and the mother. Yeah, and the mother. But yeah, I'm like, the whole, like, the plot of Convergence hinges on Fontu and Ziri. Like, yes, Axel and Gela are important, but the only reason they're there is because of Fontu and Ziri, but they don't have concept art. And so it's the way that all of us, like, that one fan art um i had no idea it was fan art i thought it was it official was. no because jake jake yeah, bartok jake. like does like stuff for them sometimes so it's the it's the way that we don't have official art so everyone just decided that the jake bartok art is what they look like it's true <laughs> but i mean i mean hey fontu that's where i got my fontu uh oh god what's his name ish ishmael the guy who was the black elf in um rings of power what's his name Oh, I, I came up with that about. one. I came up with that fan cast, and people are now jumping on that. I'm like, I was here first. I, from yeah. the beginning, I started that train. You quite oh literally God. did. I, I did. Hey, respect yeah. to your I mean, origins. I talked about Fontu and Ziri when no one was talking about Fontu and Ziri. I, I truly believe I am the one that got Ziri into the semifinals of that phase two poll. I'm still surprised she got that far, but that was because <laughs> of me, man. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> um, Anything else that happened the past two or three weeks? I went to Disney. You did! Yeah, Tell us did. all about it. I went to Disney for to 
celebrate Bisty Savvy's bachelorette weekend, which is very fun. Um, and I went to Galaxy's Edge for the first time. Uh, everyone was right about Ronto wraps. So that good. shit is so good. They're I so good. get the breakfast one, but I got like the regular one. Mm-hmm really good i had it twice like and then you got blue milk though right too yes i liked it but i like the mellow run juice better it does slap. oh my god but they don't they don't have it at disney world so i haven't had it yeah so, it's so good it's like it's literally so the nectar of the gods that's it like the one thing that um batu east is missing is the mellow run juice because <laughs> i'm like why don't they have it it's so weird it's, it's so good. And the Ray's, um, they don't call it that, but like Ray's little like bread. Oh, that's oh, yeah, so very yeah, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a croissant with like a sweet, like hard. It's Ooh. So Did they that still have that? Did they still have the, um, well, we called it the geode thing because it was the little rock. Oh, the Ventian yeah. thing. Like, yeah, the Ventian rock dessert I thing. Think... I don't know. They had that back in November. I don't know. So I don't know. Yeah. It's either I didn't, or it's either they didn't have it or I didn't get it. It was um, a docking bay seven. They're like the yeah. little like loose oh, things. Yeah, I didn't so, yeah. eat there. Okay, um, that's why. Because I I ate the like I just ate at the Ronto wrap place. Valid. <laughs> and then the whatever the little blue milk shop, and then I got my little like diet coke in the, oh, yeah. the thermal, <laughs> thermal detonator. detonator. <laughs> of course, I had to get that. <laughs> and then we went to Oga's, of course. Um, and they Wait, made which drinks did you get? At this- I got the. Yub nub one oh, and yeah. then oh, yeah. uh something that was blue oh was it the outer rim the one with like the salt on the rim that or was that no purple? and it wasn't the was Jedi it the, mind or, was, trick? or was it the blue wine one where it's the tawny ray no. yeah i don't know no hmm. but savvy got the fuzzy tauntaun yeah. so we all mm-hmm. tried the uh the foam stuff that oh, was foam, on top yeah. of it yeah <laughs> And one uh, one of the girls we were with got the jet juice, which was oh. strong. <laughs> <laughs> we all had a sip of that. Isn't it like, was, isn't it like coffee and straight up like vodka? No, it's just, I don't even think there's coffee in it. It's just a bunch of, it's the Jedi mind trick vodka. was also very strong. That's what Lynn's got. And Oof. that was also very strong but they made us they were like we're gonna have you do the standing table and like i thought i was gonna cry it was like 10 p.m <laughs> oh. after walking around the park all day I was like, oh my god yeah i don't think i've ever gotten a sitting table at oga's for that you have to no. make like reservations months in advance and you probably have to have a party of yeah. like i'm like six or seven people yeah there I've were only sat empty down like once. tables like we saw they were empty oh, and like weird. or like half it was empty and i was like we could have sat but that was really fun. The rest of it, I got the pickle was also the other thing that I absolutely needed to get. That was delicious. Pickle, top tier. San Francisco also had very oh good gosh. food. Yes. I had, I had the Baymax sourdough bread, the mac yeah. and cheese in the bread bowl. Oh, yeah. There's a good, like, lychee cocktail. The lychee cocktail. Liv and I had that when we went. It was so Very good. good. Also, they had a, it was a dirty matcha with strawberry cold foam and pistachios. Ooh. So delicious. So yeah. good. And the perfectly afternoon boost. Um, I got obsessed with the munchlings, which I knew as soon as I stepped foot 
<laughs> into that park that the bunch of are gonna get me i got the pins because i saw they had it's a it's a remy hot chocolate and they had the big one but i was like oh i'll just try for a little one and i finally got him and then i also got a meal as the oh my gosh that's so cute and then that's I, I also got mike and sully mike was the first one i got i was a little upset but then i got sully oh that's cute. cute um pims was also very good I did, yeah. I did enjoy pims, yeah. we didn't eat there but, but the cocktails are very good let yeah. me tell you yeah. their beer mimosa was unreasonably Ooh. strong like, i got the tropical like whatever with the pineapple and the like popping oh yeah i think i got that i think that was good. my first ever legal drink somewhere where i had to flash um, my id but <laughs> They're, I know they're they're they really do check your ID. No, they yeah. do, they're, but thank God. <laughs> I did well, not like Tower of Terror. Gary. I don't. I did not like Tower of Terror when I did it as a kid. I thought maybe I would like it as an adult. That's I like I, it. That's I the one the I refuse to go on. I don't like the dropping in the I dark. Do, I it, don't. I don't like drop either. Like the way Maggie yeah. tried to get me to go on it, I'm like, no. That's my. I'm no. like rise. That's like my limit. I the Incredicoaster though, Incredicoaster slaps. Incredicoaster is so fun. That one is so fun. The Incredicoaster, uh, that's probably my favorite. And then Rise was so fun. Rise is so. And also, I did not have to wait in a sixty-minute line. So true. (laughs) Because the first time we went to Galaxy's Edge, I was like, all I want to do is meet Ray. Like that was my big. Like I wanted to meet Ray. And I like asked one of the employees, I was like, oh, is like Ray out or here today? And they're like, oh, she was like walking around, but like we couldn't find her. So then we came back to do the rides and Lynn's had got ahead of us and was like, Ray is here. And I was like, oh, so I was like speed running walking. She's like, I told her that like my friend wanted to meet her. So like she's waiting. And so I got to meet Ray and I got to show her I brought my little Ray itty bitty. I was like, I want to show you that I had this. And she's like, oh, did you scavenge this? Like... (laughs) So I was like, yeah, cute. I did. <laughs> Scammed shit from the Star Wars Celebration Hallmark line. <laughs> and then I showed her my uh, my lightsaber rings and she saw my Kylo one and she's like, this worries me. And I was like, well, I had to get your dyad. And she's like, well, the issue was the last time I trusted Kylo and I ended up with a broken lightsaber. And then I was showing her my Leia ones and then she was like, wait here. Like, we'll take a picture and then I'll come back. So she talked to a, a couple more people and then she took us to the Rise of Resistance lightning lane and was like can you take care of these resistant fighters they're like no general organa so then we just like basically got to like walk right so onto cool. the little i love yeah that. like Remember, so we I just got it. to like walk right onto the little pre she's also so pretty she is so pretty <laughs> all of the rays at disneyland are so pretty and they're they so are. perfect they are you know i just she remember when so she accidentally jump scared us hate it we were all like <laughs> taking photos of falcon and then ray was just there and we're like i oh. forgot we're like oh shit yeah hello was- bam let me bow down to you. she basically was like in person or like in character asking us had we had been on the ride and i was trying to be like oh like no i went on star tours and i was the spy on star tours <laughs> and we got the, the one with like Kylo Ren and Poe. Oh, the oh, crate uh, one. Oh, what planet did you go on? Yeah, I think it was Exegol. Oh, Poe's on Exegol. <laughs> there are Poe like came up, and we got Ray too came up too. Oh, but it was a bunch of like Star Destroyers we went to because it's like Kylo Ren is trying to like so capture your like, ship. 
I don't think yeah, I've ever gotten that track. I don't know. I don't know. I, mean, but we, I know we ended, up, we've ended up on Exegol before because we were chanting for it and then got wedge, it. Wedge, wedge, wedge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think it was that one because I think so I remember really? all the different ships. And then, yeah. So I was like, oh, like I, I haven't been this one, but I was the spy on the other ship and I ran into like Kylo Ren and Poe and she's like oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> but so that was really cool we also got to see Dim and I didn't really I the whole time I was just looking at Grogu <laughs> so, Grogu is so like, cute though he's so, so cute, cute. And, then, and then we also ran into Hera and Chopper <gasps> and oh. she was talking about how like Chopper recently was going through a closet trying to find boots or something and then we asked her like oh how's jason and she was like i don't know what to do with his hair like i don't have hair so like i don't really know what to do with it and we were recommending we're like oh maybe uh sabine can and we're like maybe ezra could cut it and then we're like actually maybe sabine should she's like i would probably trust sabine and then i was like well when he grows facial hair you can have callus do it and she's like i don't know about that and she was she was really good she was the one from the, from the video uh, yeah oh. oh it was that Hera but like she was really good and Chopper was so funny the droid um I would die if I saw really... Chopper in person like, like I just I know it was ground. really cool and she was so uh, amazing talking to her and that we ran into the stormtroopers a couple of times they were I'm once again reminded that when Liv and I were doing our tech check at Celebration that we saw like the chopper prop from Rogue One and Ahsoka Uh and R5 like rolling through the (laughs) hallway we were walking through and I was like trying not to freak out but like (laughs) I'm "I'm gonna die I'm in the presence of a celebrity (laughs) right now celebrity Celebrity I was hoping I was hoping they would have the little uh droids that they were testing out those droids are insane so cute. yeah but no but just but chopper is really cool like the way he like moves and like does like and like responds to like what you're saying oh. no, like he'll laugh or he'll i would fall to the ground <laughs> yeah i love him yeah well, and i mean like chopper like chopper has like a soft spot for jason and like oh. one time when he was crying like she went in and Saul or like Chopper like holding him. I was like, <laughs> you see, this is why we should all abandon our problems and go to Disneyland in December. I like, know. like yeah, it's during my finals <laughs> week, but like I don't have finals on Monday or Tuesday. I think I have to be back in San Diego Wednesday for this test. I have to proctor, but like I'm not, I'm free Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday. Like, let's go. Oh, I <laughs> give me the shoulders. Day. I want to be so bad, but I'm so broke. <laughs> my car. It's fine. Also, not a single person recognized my serial car. And- <laughs> hey, Unbelievable. We, we did. And we you did. Slid. Yeah. You I thought it was very good. Not a single- I got more comments on my Lee Pace's 6'5 shirt uh, <laughs> than I did on <laughs> <Zero Garn> costume. <laughs> That's so like, yeah. <laughs> It's a good choice to wear, though, apparently. Because <laughs> it was my oh. only Marvel-related article of clothing. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. But... Uh, I've just been reading a lot. I will go through that in the literacy. Me too. Part. Anything else that happened within the past couple weeks? I mean, I can't think of anything. I, I, guess, I guess I did go to Disney. 
slay yeah <laughs> Wait, also yeah. for halloween for yeah i yeah i was i was jason grace for halloween you devoured i love that man so much <laughs> he's my special boy <laughs> thank you <laughs> It was just me and my mom trying to like draw his like SPQR tattoo with eyeliner, but like every five minutes, <laughs> trick or treaters are coming, so she has to keep leaving while my arm's just like out. <laughs> it was a time and a half. <laughs> my you got the pictures though. Yeah, I almost said my Thanksgiving. My Halloween consisted of two. I repeat, two midterms back to back that's so foul two midterms back to back and i made what what did i make i made a roast chicken and tomato soup afterwards because i was so burned out thank you i still have it in my fridge because i haven't eaten it but yeah (laughs) the quarter system sucks ass it's the one thing about it you start like at the beginning of october and then you end in the middle of december plus you have an extra week of finals week because it's split up into two like the spring section is split up into winter quarter and spring quarter so winter quarter ends with spring break which is a lot later than most people's and then the second quarter goes all the way in halfway of june yeah half- it's ridiculous that's, mm-hmm. that's, dumb. that's what my sisters do so they're in thumbs down for the quarter system yeah the only, i got my gin uh women of the galaxy clip so true i had two because i was so Heck yeah still not right and then i ended up getting i went back to try and i ended up getting bow and hera which i'm excited about because i i did want hera because i did think hera was very cute but I'm still looking for ray as soon as that's all i had adventures i was like oh. yeah that's my woman but you know my ultimate woman doesn't have one but she doesn't even have art so you know what you can definitely tell it's Ventress when you feel her because okay. you can feel her bald also, head. Also, yeah, I feel like with Satine, you can also tell when it's her. Yeah, the like the Ventress is very easy. You can feel her head. Okay, I'll <laughs> like, keep that just in mind. Nothing. Maybe if I can actually feel nothing, I'll probably get it. And then hopefully it's her. All right. Before we continue, um, SAC Astra continues to strike against unfair labor practices and unlivable wages, and Castle Run Relay encourages our listeners to continue to donate to the strike funds located in the description of this episode. Additionally, Castle Run Relay condemns the ongoing genocide taking place in Palestine and joins the millions of voices calling for a ceasefire. There will be a list of Palestinian charities to support linked in the description of this episode. Thank you for your support, and let's get started talking about convergence. Also, just so, really quick on uh, Palestine, there are a couple of our besties on Twitter who have been very good about mm-hmm. sharing and like retweeting and all of that. So uh, we can maybe link them in the description as well mm-hmm. as like good people to follow. Uh, Kari to has been a good it. one. Uh, as Star yeah, Wars Kari. Tia. Star Wars Tia, uh, Suhela, um, yeah, yeah. NK. Yeah, they're all good, and I know that a couple of them also went to the big DC protest um, mm-hmm. that took place yesterday, so. Yes, we will link them yeah. in the description as well. But yeah. Um, what What's the saying? Nobody's free until we're all free, so. Yes. Free Palestine. Uh, we can't, yeah, my, my boss says that all the time. Mm-hmm. 
Um, moving into Convergence era, um, let's just start with overall thoughts on the book. I'm going to let Kels go first because this is their No Way Home. This is this is my Roman Empire, truly. Uh, <laughs> um, oh my god, how to just... I don't know what Zareta did when she did this, but she put some sort of crack into it. Because it just... It, it just hits different. I think it's also just because she is just a romance writer, also outside mm-hmm. of Star Wars. So, like, her romance feels different than other Star Wars romances because it's like actually like really well written and well mm-hmm. thought out and like I just remember because I was listened to one of her interviews where she's like when she got the idea of these two warring planets and what to write about and how to do a plot her first thought was well marriage by convenience obviously and I'm like you get me you you understand like that's what Star Wars Star Wars needs a little more marriage for convenience just a mm-hmm. little bit we need some spiciness there and it was so good i think the appeal of this book is that it feels like it feels like star wars with romance and not just like romance with a star wars plot like the romance is so well integrated into like the star wars not really a formula because this is a really unique book like i don't think other than like lost stars maybe that there's been a book that really hinges around this sort of romance that exists with between ziri and fontu but also there's a there's a level of like not intimacy but there's a level of like genuineness within the romance because it feels very real and it's very grounded while still being in this like fantastical sci-fi galaxy and I feel like Zoraida was a perfect person to write this because she is primarily a romance writer and she would know how to integrate those like romance um techniques and not really and tropes I guess and tropes within to the greater like fabric of star wars and specifically within the high republic i also just really like how contained the book is like it really only takes place on irem and arenel yeah and a Mm -hmm. little bit on coruscant with axel but like it's still Mm -hmm. a very contained story where like you technically could kind of just read this as a standalone oh definitely like you don't have to read any other of anything like obviously the mother stuff you won't fully get but like she's still so mysterious in this book you don't need that context Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But like it's it ta- it's contained, but the way that it connects to it's the seven. like other stories is very interesting. Like seeing the yeah. path like on the planets, and like yeah, like obviously like the reveal of like Axel's connection. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, John dropped. The- <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's the way I remember where I was because I actually was lucky <gasps> enough to get um uh an audiobook um arc for it i was going i was on the plane to go to my november disney trip and i was on the plane and i heard my chaos i gasped aloud on this (laughs) i remember exactly where it was i was sitting in the chair in my chair in my corner of my room over thanksgiving break because i had gone home for thanksgiving break and when i read that that little interlude the my chaos my axle like, i i had to close the book and like and take a lap around my room like <laughs> oh insane and then the way that i yeah because the book wasn't out and i had to go to disney with all my higher public friends i couldn't say anything <laughs> as i'm like this book just changed my life but i can't tell any of you why it did <laughs> 
<laughs> the one part that kind of took me out of it just a little bit is I, I really don't understand, like, maybe Kels has, better, has a better understanding of this, but, like, the part where they go to that, like, floating um, cage match place, that's the only part that kind of took me out of it and really doesn't fit in with the rest. Really? I thought that was just kind of to show more of Ackles. Really, yeah. Okay, that's true. And like his def- kind of like un his like behavior and like underworld stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And valid. also just give a little more of like a connection between him and Gella. Like the fact that's that he true. was supposed to leave her there and he's like, actually I can't do that. Fuck. Um okay. Valid. And it also valid. was like it also was like a good because like I just read this part where like her and yeah, Gella and Axel just met and they're at the funeral for um the captain of Arno. And he and she's just like and she's and they're going on this conversation and he's just like and she he's like, Well, you stole my ship. She's like, Well, I brought it back. I needed it. <laughs> and he's like, Well, how would you feel if I ever use your lightsabers? And then she was like, I, okay. And then there we are. The end of the when he's using her lightsabers to like and I'm like, this is a full circle moment for me. Oh my god. <laughs> I also feel like Gella and Axel's relationship is so like gnawing at the cages of my at the bars of it, my enclosure. It is, it is. You you have them just the full on horniness, but they don't know what to do with it. And it's it's Gella being like, I've never been around a person like you before, but I'm intrigued. And of course, he's just you know, he, this is his thing. He's good at doing this, but he's also just like, I genuinely like you as a person, though. That's new. Mm-hmm. Um. This is interesting. And then it's a really good contrast between Fontu and Ziri, which are these like two people that were just brought into each other's lives. And it started out with the perfect trope with the knife at the throat. I was like, as soon as I read that, I was like, oh, okay, this is delicious. Mm-hmm. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, but it's, it's them being like these sweet young lovers that just met and Fontu slowly becoming this like, comfort person for Ziri that she's never had before where it's like her like her meeting him and seeing him interact with his mother and being like and seeing like how like they have these comfortable loving touches with each other and she's never Mm -hmm. experienced that before and then the way that she slowly welcomes him in and lets her touch her and just and it's just like and uh, and then like well and then braiding she, her and, and hair. braiding her hair and then like yearning for his touch, which is something she's never had before. That was fucking insane. Delicious. Yeah. That's my favorite trope is like the traumatized character that doesn't like physical touch, but then they let their partner touch them. It yeah makes me insane. <laughs> well, speaking of Ziri and Fawn too. Yes. Let's get into them. I love. I gladly. I'm, I, Take it away, Kels. <laughs> uh, I'll let one of you go first before I go on a tangent. No, you go first, and we'll we'll jump in. Yeah. Wait, where do you where where do we start? Um. <laughs> what about when they first meet? Oh my! No, and okay. how. Ziri is so so terrified no, that all she's gonna do is kill her but instead he does everything he can to save her no it's yeah it's the way that well you see so you first meet Ziri in her <clears throat> starship she's in her element she's the captain she's the princess she's like the hard warrior and just like doesn't show emotion ever 
she's now been sent into the ocean that killed her brother, which is already traumatizing as fuck. And she's sinking. And then you see, you get into Bontu's perspective and you see it just right from his first introduction where like, he is this like, he's so caring. It's the fact that like, cause he's out, he ran from the palace to go help out in the slums and pass out food. And notice when, once they ran out of food, he took note of how many people didn't have food so he could come back later to get them. Food. And I'm just like, oh my God. Like, and it's just the way that he's going after his guard for like not caring enough. Cause he's like, you, you care more about the mud on your shoes than these sick people who are mm-hmm. dying. And he's like comforting this young child. And then he sees the ship come down and he doesn't care it's the enemy. Mance jumps into this ocean swims down and even though like she thinks he's trying to kill her like she stares at him terrified and he's trying to tell her i'm saving your life let me help you and then she lets him use her bane blade to cut her free and then even after she still is convinced he's gonna kill her and he's like he can't comprehend that someone could be so scared of him and doesn't genuinely believe that he has like her good intentions but she also on the other hand she's never met someone who actually is so nice to her and is so like calm when he talks to her and just is like, no, please don't, don't kill yourself. Don't hurt yourself. Like, let me help you. We're not going to help you. And then when they go to the palace, he emphasizes, she's a guest. She is a guest. Do not hurt her. Give her food. Give her what? Like he's constantly giving her food, water. And she's just like, I don't know what to do with you right now. Like, <laughs> What was that? What is that one? Like art the people love to make fan art where it's like I'll slit your throat and then it's the guy like you're so beautiful that's literally them it's literally them (laughs) from I think it's Princess Mononoke yeah it's like right there (laughs) it's them but I also appreciate how they flipped the whole um like uncaring gruff driven character and like caring exactly and i i appreciate how zoretta flipped it so it was like the man was doing it for the woman because like as we know in romance books it's usually the woman who's caring and charismatic and things like that but to show like especially in the context of star wars where we have such macho macho men and so much of the story hinges upon like the power of men how like a a man in this sense who is like raised in the the quote-unquote slums of Erasmus and how he came up into this like and how he was chosen by the royal family to become their son and how he still maintains the kindness that he had when he was younger because he remembers the kindness of the of the royal family and he wants to continue to do that for others so I also appreciate how um how she did that and I feel like it's very (laughs) In, again, a world of macho men like Star Wars, we need more caring and compassionate men. We need more teddy bears. But, like, the, he also, he, but he's not helpless either. That's the thing. No. He's, he's not helpless in any capacity. He's strong. He's confident. He's a born leader. And his compassion only strengthens his leadership. Like, his compassion and his kindness is not seen as a weakness, but as an asset, especially for the future ruler of an entire world. And this ruler who was originally supposed to be going into the war. It, Yeah. <laughs> anyways and he's canonically ahead. pretty and he's canonically he is. Pretty. it's the way everyone's like you're such a pretty boy and i'm like i love you so much i don't care that i'm a lesbian i would marry you on the spot let's go. 
I also think the green freckles are like the like, that's an adorable detail. detail. Like and the and the way that the Arano son brings out his freckles. This it's the opposites attract trope, it but is. in its best form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The fact okay. that even like they're like the colors that they like the green and the red like are like opposite mm-hmm. like and how the era the arami mary in white and then ziri is in like the dress of red which she was also in a dress of red the first time she proposed like she basically proposes to fondu oh that that entire scene it's embarrassing sticky tabs sticky tabs (laughs) no i didn't just sticky tab it but where is it um i remember where is it i just read it oh I highlighted the whole damn page. Oh. <laughs> Everything is important. <laughs> Literally every so single this sentence. Whole, this whole, no, yeah, this whole thing, because, like, it's Ziri getting this, like, I mean, like, she is confident as a leader, but she still is so insecure in herself because she never had, like, She's never had like, any sort of reassurance. She's never yeah, had she's any never support. Been nurt- she's never been nurtured. And she wasn't supposed to be the leader either. Mm-mm. No, she's supposed to be the other guy. Right. Yeah. Her brother was the older. She was the spare. And so she was never and meant her, to do that. And her, and her dad's old as hell. Her dad, Yeah, her dad's in his yeah. 70s. And anytime she, old like, as no, yeah, the first time, like, when Fonte, he didn't really speak back to his mom, but he kind of, like, spoke back and kind of questioned her a little bit and then but like and like Ziri was fully expecting her his mom to just slap him on the face because yeah. she's like she's like if I were to have done that to Mina I would have been slapped and thrown to the ground meanwhile your mom's kind of just smirking at you like oh silly boy like <laughs> you actually mean this and then they had like this banter and she's just like this is how parental relationships can be what the fuck like yeah like she she had never again, she never had the support that her brother had, that um that Fontu had. And not to say that Fontu is like her her emotional crutch or whatever, but he shows her the love that she deserves. I love that trope. And yeah. their tenderness yeah. with each other is just it's indicative of what Ziri has so desperately desired and deserved her entire life. Yeah, and like her father loves her, but like he just doesn't. But in a different, it. it was yeah. yeah. He's in an emotionally scented like, old. It's man. also like he's he's a king, and like their like their planet. There's a lot. It's like there's a lot more rigidity around. Yeah, like, uh, that kind of stuff versus um, Fontu, who that planet is a lot more like loose i guess and like including the yeah. fact that like fontu was adopted um mm-hmm. into the family and arano i feel like just like what you were saying is, is a lot more rigid it's a lot more cutthroat the culture there is very i don't want to like it's take like this they, out of this but it's very it's american like drop, in a it sense it's like they isn't it like the they drop them in like the desert yeah and the they, do. they drop them in the desert with a knife and expect them to come back yeah alive and, and if they survive. don't oh well if they don't you're dead it's also very spartan not to yes. throw in my yeah, yeah. i, I had is. to make that connect no it's also the fact that when she was four years old 
she fell, cut her knee, and her dad told her to not cry. Yeah, because what I'm the like, scorpion doesn't four- cry. A- yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, that's a- sir, that's a four year old. And it just it just speaks to his emotional stunting himself and how that affects Ziri growing up. Like, I don't was her mother ever in the picture? I don't really remember. I think her, I think her mom died when she was young, so she never had a mother figure. She had her father, and then she had her brother, who was the favorite child, obviously. And then he died. And now so. what happened? She has she she hasn't been groomed to be this leader, but she has to take it because. Also, her father didn't expect her to take it. And it's this role that was kind of placed upon her. And she feels like she would be letting down her people, her her dad, like the planet of Arano, if she doesn't conform to this like rigid social picture of yep. the monarch's family. But I also feel like it's a, like it's very rigid, but also like I, I do think it's a, like she obviously like likes that culture too. Yeah, like she's yeah. like. Also, this is not to say like she's very proud of where she comes from and like what she's done and like I think especially her work in like the military, like how she mm-hmm. has like put in the work to show that like she is like not just there because of her title, but because like she is actually like a, a good really leader. Strong, like yeah. yeah, she's a good leader and she's a strong fighter and pilot and like she can lead people mm-hmm. yeah and, and the people also, like her yeah and one other thing i also really like that i kind of caught on in this um when i was reading she it does have a, a little rebellious streak mm-hmm. a little bit but she's not she's it's not like outright rebellious it's like she's new like kind of a little bit because yeah. um because um she her dad got new newer ships for their fleet for her specifically mm-hmm. but she gave the new ships to blitz to the new recruits to the new recruits that they can have the new ships and she's going to keep using the old rickety one that's gotten her through it and i'm like that's so valid of her I'm like you go yeah. granted that did save and my I... life because blitz's was the one that was rigged but mm-hmm. um yeah and then like the uh fact that like obviously like to show like they both care like so much about their planets and like their culture but like to see like in the scorpion scene where mm-hmm. all the scorpions like collect on fawn too and it's like the planet is like accepting him and that's like yeah. a moment for like ziri to be like oh he is like is it like typhoid made style fire style fire made that he is like style fire made like he like the planet has accepted him mm-hmm. this marriage we can we can do this we can like rule together because like my people my planet has said like yes he is the one <laughs> also just isabella making that outfit for celebration oh my god iconic the greatest thing i've ever seen i iconic. still have a scorpion when- oh you do no, stopping. <laughs> no when he told me how he was doing that i was like yes let's go <laughs> it's such a good the uh, one of the photo of you and isabel and then maddie yeah Madison oh. as Gela. She's such a good Gela. Oh my it's, god, I love yeah, Gela. Crazy. But she's like perfect. the whole she's perfect. Isabel was perfect. You were perfect. Aziri, like yeah. incredible. I just and I love the entire joke during that entire shoot was like, Axel's not here because he's being detained. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, my favorite thing though was Lydia Kang during the meetup looked at me and Isabella and pointed us, I want a photo with you. Oh, and for me, I was like, okay, like, like what the author's like seeking me out. This is weird. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Um, speaking of Gela and Axel, let's talk about them and the context of Polycool because those are some oh, horny bitches. Those are yeah, we have the cute young lovers that are figuring this out, and then we just have horny. <laughs> and it's that's literally the day. <laughs> Yella is also in the fight of her life with Yella. the Jedi Order. Yeah. <laughs> Yella, yeah, every like it's the way that she's like, I don't know where I fit in at all. Um, I know this man is flirting with me. This man's flirting <laughs> with me. Um, I also think I have a crush on the princess, but we're just not gonna explore <laughs> that in any capacity. He keeps calling him my Jedi Knight, like my Jedi, <laughs> and then she's just like, okay. Um, also the fact that um, Fontu and Axel were so close to kissing each other on the mouth many times, the sexual tension between those two was a lot. <laughs> I appreciate. How Axel's basically first introduction in launching himself on a couch next to Fontu. Yeah. And how his like very first appearance just in the book in general is just him being a slut. Like, good for him. Good for him. him gambling. It's him gambling and also being a slut at the same time. With his little little therapy support. (laughs) Yes. And I just know Quinn is rolling his eyes if he had eyes. <laughs> no, he's just like, why am I still here? Like, it's the way that his mom's like, you need a new droid. You've had this one for 13 years. Get something else. And he's like, nah, Quinn's fine. Exactly. He's fine. He's fine. just my little guy. He's just my exactly. little guy that gives me emotional support because I don't get that from anyone else in my life. So he's I my emotional support droid. little guy. Yeah. He doesn't have a therapy dog. He has a therapy droid. <laughs> Literally. The soothing light that he is like. <laughs> I, I, I want to talk about Gela so bad because we've I a lot of people have talked about this before, but Gela is an older Jedi, and I feel she's like that's 30. important. She's thirty. I, she's thirty. I also love how old they all are because she's thirty. Yeah, Bantu and Ziri are twenty five, and then Axel's in between there somewhere. Yeah. So I like that they aren't all like young, young. I mean, not exactly. Five is not old, but like you don't ever see like yeah. protagonists that age ever. Mm-hmm. And a lot Except of Star Wars, public. yeah, yeah. Because hmm? I was like, I guess I forget how old like Elzar and Stellan and I think they are. They are, they are in their they are in their. I mean, Bell, Bell, Bell skews it because Bell's younger. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that's hard because like Bell kind of skews it in that story, but mm-hmm. this is like truly everyone is an adult. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like there's. Again, with the exception of Phase One of the High Republic, there really isn't a lot of stories about like older Jedi, Jedi specifically, because like Anakin is what twenty two, Obi Wan is still like in his late teens, early twenties when we see him. Oh well, yeah. Um, and then he like grows older into when he's like thirty five or something, he's training Anakin, whatever. But having an older Jedi like Gela still unsure of her place in the Jedi Order, in the galaxy, like her place in the Force, and her exploring that and listening to the Force while she's helping out these, like, these young lovers who were supposed to be ending this war, I feel like that was a really important story to tell. Yeah. 
And I, yeah, I do. I love, she'll look at Cretan's son and just be like, how can I be like that? I'm like, that man's only 10 years older than you. Yeah. But she still sees him as like something that's so much higher than she is. Mm-hmm. and it's just like because she I keep I do keep forgetting she's 30 years old because she like has like the mind like the thought and like all the the dilemmas that like probably a 19 year old knight would have yeah it feels it feels she feels very like person who just graduated college and is it, not that's sure. what so it's amazing and she's do like it? you threw me out into the world and now I don't know what to do my yeah. master's dead because her master died a few years ago so she and doesn't like have a, that. She's considered like a very like good and accomplished Jedi too. She yeah, but she doesn't feel accomplished. She's like, I did one thing and I messed up. And now I'm basically on parole with these. No, group exactly. In the absolutely nowhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know what to do. And then they call me impulsive because I just went and jumped in a ship to go help out this one person. And apparently I jeopardized the mission by doing that. But she still helped him out. <laughs> it's very, very... 21st century young adult you know it is (laughs) and i appreciate that because okay you can cut this out but hello kylo i love him (laughs) anyway um i really appreciate that to talk about (laughs) he wants to talk about gella (laughs) as a 21st century young adult myself who is nearing the end of my at least official education um and is currently searching for jobs for the summer. I appreciated that. <laughs> she really is just a, a 30-year-old teenager. <laughs> 30 years. <laughs> so true. In the way we're oh my God, I forgot. With her and doesn't know what to do. We're just very excited about my her. I lied about my brain word of the week. Oh. My brain word of the week was actually canonical 35-year-old serial card. That is true. I forgot that about is so that. True. Which makes him that which makes everything about him so much funnier. It does. The fact that this man still lives at home with his mom and is fighting for his life against what a 21 year old? 27. Yeah. 20, oh, 27. We learned. Yeah, that's, oh. we learned in the new book. Still. Well, no canon age for Dedra, though. Interesting. Huh. I didn't see in the picture that was posted, but I have to assume that. Around the same age. I would assume, yeah. Yeah, because I think, like, what... It seemed like what happened was when Kyle was, like, auditioning, he would have been 35 because he's 40 now. Mm, yeah. So I'm assuming that's similar for Denise. Yeah. Anyway, that's besides <laughs> the point. As I we're know. talking about... As <laughs> we're talking about 35-year-old teenage <laughs> girls. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway um yeah yella love her she might be she might have worked her way up into one of my favorite jedi oh yeah uh, she's my rankings i also just love her attachment to ziri though like the way that she meets yeah. ziri is like i need to like protect this girl and i don't know why i feel so drawn like it's the way that they're like in the library and she's like she's like i feel so drawn to you but i don't know why i'm like honey i think it's because you have a crush on her but we don't have to unpack that now it's okay like the way that she's constantly just like staring at ziri's face i'm like sweetie sweetie perhaps she is of the libris you're you're listening (laughs) they're all they're all bi for bi every single one of them oh 100 percent yeah but again on the flip side we have Axel Greylark, who is a disaster, yeah. truly. He's he's 
chaos. Um, not only in sexuality, but also just he's as a he's person. So girl failure. He's so so true. The girl failures were made for each other. Gela and Axel. Just he's so he's so girl failure. The girl failure dyad. <laughs> so true. Like he's just really a disaster. His mom's like setting him on this diplomatic mission. And, and it's like, like it's the way he took his time to get there. He's like, my mom didn't say what I had to get there. So he just went on a bunch of side trips. He's so there. real. He's so and real for like, that. And then when he gets off the ship, he's like, wow, no one greeted me. What if we killed each other already? Hmm. That's so me when I, I get cannot- home and I call <laughs> I call I, I call out for my mom and she doesn't answer. And then I have to grab a steak knife from the kitchen just in case somebody killed her. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, what if they all died? Huh, well, whatever. Okay, cool. Okay, okay well, that means I can go home. <laughs> He's so real for that. And then, yeah, just because Gel is like the first person he, re- I mean, not just Gel, even Fontu. Like, he has like really like good conversations with Fontu later on. Yeah. They don't want to, once they get past the point of, I want to strangle you and maybe make out with you, but. Uh, <laughs> I feel like the con- the rest of the polycule are the first people that he's had like a real connection with in yeah. in the years that since his dad died. No, like yeah. he like when they're on the sail barge out in the Arany Desert, like those conversations are like the first times he's actually made like a connection with someone again since his dad died. Like remember yeah. when he threw himself in front of a scorpion for fun too? Yeah, like besides, I still feel insane about that. Yeah, like besides what we learned with his, with the mother and the path, like that being like a fill in for his connection with his father. Um, but then, like besides that, yeah, I feel like, and I feel like, obviously, like Ziri and Fontu and Gela are the first people who like it is a connection where they're also not expecting anything out of him like the mother is like yeah. using axel the path is using axel but um with the rest of them it is just this like friendship mm-hmm. or like connection like it's like they're not expecting him to be anything they're not expecting him to get him get them anything like he is a part of the group yeah, I'm trying to find this one quote. As everyone else. But, like, there is this one quote where he just says that hope looks like Fontu, Zen, Zero, Barn, and Gilmatai. Yes! I know exactly mm-hmm. which quote you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. I was, I was literally like, oh my god. Zareda, do you realize what you did to me right now? I'm losing my mind. Because every time I reread the book, I'm like, maybe I made up the polycule. And then I read it, I'm like, no, I didn't. It's there. She was crazy there. for this novel. <laughs> Which is my one thing about Cataclysm, even though I do enjoy that book. There was not enough polycule. Yeah, I don't even. I don't. The the four of them were never in the same spot at once, and I was like, Mm -hmm. I needed at least like one. Like when they group hugged, Ziri doesn't hug, but they group hugged. Yeah, lost my mind. (laughs) Um, anything else about Mister Greylark that we have not? He's so me though. So true. It's the mommy and daddy issues for me. <laughs> he really his 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 crinfail attitude. Really, <laughs> his crinfail personality has has, has captured me. Me has captured me. <laughs> oh. he just like he's so funny. Just like 
He's so silly goofy. He's so silly goofy. You really, you've stolen my heart. Yeah, just be still my heart. No, okay. And then the one, the big, I mean, going back to Fontu and Ziri, this is the end of the book. But the way that she basically recreated the best wedding of all time that is the um, Elizabeth and Will's wedding at, and so at World's true. End. Like, as I'm reading the yeah. I'm like, this is literally at World's End, but in the best way possible, where it's just stuff's flying around people are getting her, shot her They're shooting still... a bounty hunter while Fonty he's looking holding... at her and no. going and going i so... think i love you no good like, no, good no no it's like i'm so deeply in love with you or something like no, that i am madly in love with you Fonty said good and siri pushed up on her toes and kissed him like the world was going to end also height difference height difference, height difference. everyone cheer height for the height difference height difference <laughs> no literally just yeah, I feel normal about it. Where it's just, yeah, she's like, hold that. He's like, well, the fact we're consent. It's their wedding, but he still asked for consent to kiss her, which I love. And then she's like, hold yeah. that. Let me shoot a guy first. And I'm like, oh, I she guess, hikes I guess up her thing. wedding dress. Like, and then, and then the sexiest thing a woman can do: go into a starfighter while on her wedding dress, go shoot down people. That was crazy. As, as known pilot enthusiast, that was for me. Yeah. <laughs> That was so wedge and Nora coded if you think it about it. So wedge and Nora coded. <laughs> I would not be surprised if they got married. That when they got married, Nora just jumped into her starfighter in her wedding dress. Was like, "We're going to honeymoon now. Let's go!" And wedge is like, "Oh yeah." Oh. And she got married just like standing in the cockpit. Oh <laughs> shit! <laughs> they got married in an exit way. It's so, so true. true. <laughs> but so yeah, the, it is. No it is that. Resistance Reborn's four four year birthday today. Retired Wedge Nora, canon. Everyone <laughs> cheered. <laughs> Everyone cheered when Snap called Wedge his dad. I saw. I definitely cried. I saw. <laughs> Everyone cheered. Everyone cheered for the return of uh, Rans- what's- Ransom. Ransom Casterfo. Ransom Casterfo. Everyone which, cheered. Speaking of, which, speaking of which, I need to put Ransom Casterfo and, and Axel Grey like, into a room together. Yeah, oh, let's would... see what the fuck happens. Oh. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna put him in a box so she can harass him. <laughs> I they would either kill each other or probably make out, or both, or both, <laughs> or both. <laughs> or both. <laughs> no, yeah, uh, the Ziri and Fontu wedding lives rent free in my mind. It, it, that's Absolutely my true Roman Empire. I think about it all of the time. And when, yeah, everyone knows that when Bell dropped that art randomly, I lost it. I could not function. Yeah. I, I mean, we all know do... I can't function because I based an entire outfit off of that art. So, yeah. So true. yeah. And in my eyes, that is canon. That is what her wedding dress looked like. That is just, that's just what her wedding dress looks like. Belle and, brought it into real life. And how, it, what doesn't leave my mind is how Fontu and Ziri both told Chancellor Mala, like, do not stop for anything. I don't care if you're shot, marry us. Marry us. <laughs> and I'm like, they're crazy for that. This I, is, this is fucking crazy. Quinn tried to stop him again, bumping his dome hard against Axel. This time, the, the little droid's light pulsed violet like Gela's lightsabers. Gela, whom he was supposed to leave behind. Gela, who was supposed to be, was supposed to mean nothing. Gela, who looked at him with the kind of patience he had never felt or been given. 
Like, mommy <laughs> issues? Do you have mommy, mommy issues and no. you're a bottom? Pick no. a struggle. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Not to bring up cataclysm, but one of my favorite scenes is when she slams him against a wall in a chokehold. And he's like, cool, this is how I go out. Yeah. Oh I'm my like, Jedi Knight. You're so knife. real I for that. Bottom. You're so real for that. Also, you know, the one who has the energy who like she thinks she's a top, but is a bottom, Ziri. Ziri's a pillow princess. Exactly. Because also, why why would why would Zareta tell me that Fontu can hold his breath for eleven minutes straight? Oh. Oh, she, she, you won't he lies on me. those pillows for eleven minutes and just enjoys <laughs> You won't uh you sorry, won't lie. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You won't lie for me because you're uh you are truly good. Gala took another step towards him. So are you. You can't fix me, Gala. I don't wanna fix you. He laughed. You want to fix the whole galaxy, but not me. I don't want to fix you. She stressed. The fact that that's right after the the air pair kiss scene too, like immediately, I'm like, I chewing. I literally shrewd parts of my enclosure. So I'm like eating drywall. It's yeah, eating the insulation. Oh, but also this is so. I don't want to fix him. I can make him worse. Like, true. <laughs> I, yeah, this, this, the, the polycule as a whole are such a highlight of phase two. Like, they are the heart of phase two, of they're course. They're the heart of phase but two. They're such unique characters and they're all so, like, complex and varied and they mesh I, so well. They Dude. they work so well together. It's it's the opposites attract kind of thing, but on a whole other level because they're mm-hmm. all opposed, like diametrically opposed to each other in some way. But they all work so well together, and that's why I feel like the barge scenes when they're flying through the air, the Arani, Arani, Arano, Arano Desert, whatever. I don't care. But like that's why all of the scenes work so well together, and that's why I think. They have such good banter, first of all. And second of all, why they're able to work with each other without killing each other. I, I just love the polycule. I just, if I said, if, I said this on Priv because I was too scared to say it publicly, but um, what if I said that the poly, that the Convergence polycule hits better than the Firebrands? Oh, that's a bold claim. That's why I've said it on Priv. I'm like, I'm going to get eaten alive. Here's but like, thing. I'm Here's right the thing. though. Here's the thing, regardless of No hate to the vibrant, I love them. No, but, like, but yeah. phase two, the romance is so much better. Yeah, and it's I feel so like much better because I I do I love Elzar and Avar and I love whatever and, the fuck Stella was doing in that mix. Same. But it 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 is it, it's it's lacking compared to yeah. Compared like the, to this. In the yeah. context of phase two, I feel like because the scale of it is so scaled down and we're only really focused on like a couple of different planets, at least within the within the books, and then comics are a whole other different story. But there's a lot more intimate look at their characters than, for it's example, in driven. like Yeah, exactly. So phase Elzar two is more character is driven. Elzar is horny, but but he's, he's also he's but an in asexual two, horny. But in so phase different. two, everybody's horny. Everyone's horny. <laughs> like Marta Rowe kind of eats everyone up. Oh my god! Yeah. 
I, that's why I was so adamant about the Marta, about Axel Greylock is Marta Rose baby daddy. Because I'm like, we need these two horny people in the same room together. Because Also, I just love the idea that Marky on Roe came from Axel Greylark's line too. Just had some Greylark in him. But I still, of, I still, I still cling yeah, to like, that. That's my, that that's just my proven, theory. But... <laughs> I'd, but I, uh, I'd like I like the character work in phase two more than phase one because like this ex- this excludes trail of shadows. Yes, because whatever the fuck DGL was was cooking in that, <laughs> <laughs> my god. <laughs> okay, I I just love the character work in phase two more than phase one because i feel like one of the pitfalls that we've discussed with phase one and it's like a generally agreed upon consensus is that there's so much stuff happening and so many characters introduced in so many places that are happening at the same and so many places where like important things are happening at the same time like we don't really get a micro look at the characters except maybe maybe abar chris because she has the the young adult are more character based to me yes yeah at least with out of, the, out of the shadows is a little bit more yeah. hectic, but I think especially Wreath. Oh, character yeah. and then also has in, a um, really the good character base. with Vernestra. Yeah, yeah, so. but but the adult books, I definitely agree. Like they're much more yeah. plot action based first, whereas mm-hmm. these are way more character, especially the young adult ones with Yana mm-hmm. and Marta. Like, but even like these, like Gala and Axel, like Axel especially in um cataclysm like it's a lot of actual oh no the, yeah work. no the one way i did the one thing i did really love about cataclysm is obviously it's the fact that it was an asian woman writing it because the character dynamic between axel and his mom mm-hmm. unparalleled yeah. it was so good mm-hmm. oh yeah, like yeah. lydia um, was cooking with that one <laughs> she definitely was yeah. and i that choice when kyong stopped being chancellor to I was, support her son because she was, realized that she was wrong jaw dropped i had to put I down was, the book no i was at the airport picking up maggie and i was listening to it and i was like oh let me finish this chapter real quick she's like cool i'm standing there like and she's like what's going on i'm like i can't tell you <laughs> and she's like she had, she had me worried i'm like yes <laughs> all right before we move into the royalty any final thoughts on the polycule um, I just literally opened up to this one chapter and there's the one thing I have highlighted is like Ziri sliding in next to the Gala going, what is it? I know your Jedi face by now. <laughs> fruity. Fruity is fuck. Eyebrow raised. Like, okay, what do you mean by that, Ziri? <laughs> How do you know what her Jedi face is? How do you is? know what her Jedi looks like? <laughs> I love <Okay>. women. <laughs> All right, so we're going to move into the royalty just really quickly because I feel like it's a nice um, segue from the royalty, like the young royalty, the heir pair. So I feel like between the monarch and Queen Adriala and her consort, who I forget her name, I'm sorry. Uh, um, D- Odelia? Yes. Odelia? Od something. Hold on. This is embarrassing. I was reading it this morning. Hello? I think it was Odelia. 
It's something like that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Odelia. This is bad. Anyway, the fact that Fontu also just screams was raised by two moms. Yeah. Only only two moms can raise that kind of man, truly. Mm-hmm. I also the juxtaposition between how Ziri and Fontu were raised is very, very evident in the conversations between the monarch and Queen Adriala during the peace talks. Like, mm-hmm. how the monarch is, he is basically just a man in the sense that he is, like, belligerent and automatically, like, moves to accuse Queen Adriala of um, sabotage. Yeah, like, and whereas, the- go ahead. Well, the way that the yeah the monarch just hasn't even processed his grief of his son, and mm-hmm. just uses it as like fuel to just because even Ziri is like I used to be able to reason with him, but mm-hmm. now he just he's so fueled by grief and anger that you can't even like have a conversation with him anymore. It's the fact that like she got kidnapped, kidnapped not really. She was <laughs> saved. Well, he thought she was kidnapped, and then was like, "I'm gonna blow you up," and she's like, "I'm fine." Like I sent you several messages telling you that I was okay, but you still just wanted to blow them up anyway. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? And but it's sad, one- really. Yeah, it is sad. But there's that one tender moment though. After um, she proposes the proposal, and then he storms off, and she takes him by the face and puts the and puts her head against his, and is like, "Stand up, dear heart. You are self fire made." Yep. I'm like full circle moment. I'm like fucking god, like, and that's when he's like, okay, I'll go back in there. Like, oh, Zoraida was crazy for that one. She, she was, <laughs> like, yeah, like just I mean, just seeing like the toll that were has taken on them and like the choices it's led them to make and like obviously like you have this like older man who like seems to like force himself to keep going and keep going in this war because Even of his grief because he, yeah. he, he looks so like exhausted and exhausted drained, like it's draining him and it's and it's affecting like his relationship with his daughter um yeah but he keeps going because like he feels like he needs to and then obviously like you have the queen making like very questionable decisions with questionable people yeah, yeah. To, allies. At a, yeah at a moment of desperation she's like oh you're offering aid okay cool and then yeah. the mother's like actually fuck you let me just let me blackmail you let me blackmail you now yeah. and she's like oh fuck uh i also think that speaks to the desperation that both sides have gone to especially in the context of aaron because they're seen as at least from my understanding, they were the more, like, pacifistic um, planet of the two, but are still, like, driven to violence when they need it. But the fact that Adriella, like, didn't consider that there could be retribution for that, and how she was basically, like, she was backed into a corner when she worked with the mother, and she, she like, genuinely feels remorse, especially when they find the poison that was being manu- manufactured at that lab that Fantu and Axel yeah. found. Also, the fact that she didn't even tell her wife about it. Yeah, that's like, a little... the fact that her and Fantu did not know about this whatsoever. I'm like, Adriella, maybe let's not do that if your mm-hmm. wife doesn't know about this. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe not a good idea. I... Yeah, I feel like the the just ju- the the juxtaposition between the monarch and queen Adriella, while having that Venn diagram of being as desperate as they are, is very interesting. 
and how their children differ from that and how they're willing to make us ha- find a solution and work together because they're well because Ziri says she's like you guys don't care if about you give up everything but you're gonna die soon we're the ones that are gonna have to deal with mm-hmm. it afterwards which means mm-hmm. we have to make a change for my future because it's not going to affect you eventually, but it's going to affect me. And I don't want my future children to grow up like this. I'm exhausted. Because Ziri will see like the like the exhaustion in Adriana's eyes, who's in her 60s. And Ziri's like, I'm 25 and I feel the exact same way you do right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I feel like they also, like a lot of the plot of Convergence is about ending the cycle of generational trauma because they said like they had like 200 years ago or something they were at war and then they had like a stalemate and then they it like cranked back up again five years ago when i don't remember what happened but they're so desperate to find a way to end this not so desperate but like they're so willing to find a way to end this because they don't want to end up like queen adriella and the monarch yeah of course, we all know how it ends up in like a hundred years, but like it, it's. I want to know what happened. I want to know what happened so bad. What I happened to the, the amount of people who tell me they didn't have kids? I'm like, no, you can't tell me those two did not have children. I oh. need girl dad fun too. That is so yeah, important I mean, to me. Unless one of them died. No, I. Mm-mm, mm-mm, no, because mm-mm. because there's the boat, the boat that's called Queen Ziri. Mm-hmm. So like she she had to have done something. <laughs> she was at least. Yeah, like, that poor planet. like message me about that though. When they're like, they did this for you, and I was like, what? And then I, oh my god, I lost it. It's fine. I, I didn't know it. you hadn't read it yet, so like I texted you, <laughs> thinking that you had, and you were like, what? And I was like, oh no, sorry. <laughs> I remember I flipped open Tales of Light and Life to a random page because I was like flipping through it, and then that was like one of the one things I saw that I was like, Kelsey's gonna lose their fucking mind. Yeah, when you were just like. In Discord, like, you're going to lose it. I'm like, oh, no. Like, a good or bad? In a good way, but still. <laughs> yeah, in a, in a very good way, but oh, yeah. my God. Oh, that was for me specifically. <laughs> and the fact that it was on Aram. On Aram. Like, <laughs> if wild. I never see Zirin Fon 2 again, I will do something drastic. No, I need phase two connections in phase three. I don't I care that everybody's like, oh, we're I back need, to the main people. I need, I need name I, drops. I happen I to need, like phase two. I, I need, I, I know what, I, my whole, th- my one theory that I really hope happens is that the current ruler of Irem is confirmed to be of the line of Zirin Fon 2. Yeah, 100%. That's my one thing. I need mm-hmm. that. So. <laughs> yeah. And also, I just, this is off topic, but I just need more about the Rose. I, I want to know. Yes. Like, I want to know that how is. Asgard and how they got Mari Santeca. That was what the one thing I didn't enjoy from phase two is that we still don't know how they got Mari Santeca. Like, we I, still don't know how she has the past. We still don't know how she got kidnapped. Well, we don't know. Well, we well, well, she knows, we know how she has the past because her mom was pregnant with her, with the weird force thing. With yeah. Well, we don't know thing. that. We don't know if that's her mom for sure. I think I think it was confirmed that that she's oh like, was it and, yeah it was because she okay because I remember she, we asked Mac about it and she's like I'm not 100 percent sure I think if someone, it's just, no, like, someone someone said, in the line no Leah I think remember I remember Leah saying that that was like confirmed that like it was like she's like if I have a daughter I'll name her Mari or something I think oh yeah but oh no we asked Shay. Mac was Shay but then we asked Mac is that Mari Santeca and she's like I don't know. She was like, she thinks oh, it's yeah. not, and she thinks it's like, well, she thinks it's like the 
it like it's Mar it's one of Mari Santeca's like ancestors basically mm-hmm. that like she's like the grandmother that like Mari Santeca was got named after yeah that would because make sense. also she's not a Santeca I guess oh right no. so still but the weird hyperspace stuff and the weird plan yeah just definitely affected her with being pregnant <laughs> Yeah, yeah for sure but that's I think that's like the whole thing it was like setting up the line oh, yeah. Right. yeah I really hope I Have Darkness does go into that mm-hmm. which I am excited about I I'm do so I mean a I lot of people this. who have read phase who have read it already have said like it definitely connects to phase two and like it okay. Shows okay that's good that's why I'm rereading Rising Storm right now because I don't remember anything that happened in that book I don't, other than I don't either except for except for Eldar having a one-night stand that's the one thing I remember <laughs> it's embarrassing and touching the it's, dark side it's so bad and I'm like this should not be the one thing I remember but it is I remember but the alas. gay uh Bell and the gay chancellor the gay son, son. Oh, yeah. yeah the gay sons of the chancellor yeah <laughs> I was like that's fruity. Like, kiss in the mouth I was like oh no yeah that is fruity <laughs> Bell Bell's in the fight. Bell's always in the fight. Let's be so Bell is always in the fight of his life, but it's particularly bad in Rising Storm. Yeah. That poor boy. I'm so sad he he shaved off his locks though. Yeah, and it's so sad. It's really sad because you can see because okay, just like in the phase three concept art that was released, you can see how like far the jedi like, have fallen like it's not even just his like padawan braid like he felt like he had to take it like no all, he like completely all... shaved it off and, and just it's... like see yeah seeing avar be the light of the jedi in the first concept art and then mm-hmm. seeing her just but i'm like, like okay super like hooded and shrouded and and secretive in the yeah like it's still no it, I still don't think she's gonna die. I still think she's definitely gonna leave the order, though. By the end of it, That's I wouldn't I'm, be surprised. I would. I know Keeve obviously leaves it, but I. I don't know. Maybe she'll pull. Maybe she'll pull an Iscat from Rise of the Red Blade and like fuck I off feel somewhere. Like, I feel like she's going to dark side. I think. I think they're like trying to do this thing where like they're setting up that Elzar has all these issues, but I think. I think it's gonna end gonna up being. Hit. Avar, I think it's yeah. gonna be Avar. Considering and that I she think... almost went ape shit on Lorna. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now she's lost Stalin and now blames herself for all of Starlight Beacon. Mm-hmm. Like the song gonna... of failure is the song of Avar Chris. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. But then like everyone, like Vernestra also is like, it's my fault. And it's like, girl, you're Oh, fault. that poor girl. <laughs> the the couple sentences girl, of girl, you're her 18. chapter. <laughs> The couple sentences of her chapter where it like she mentions that she leaves the order, she became a way seeker, and that she, she we don't know where Emery is. Emery's like, dead. Whiplash, whiplash, whiplash. <laughs> My God. <laughs> She's literally gifted kid burnout. She got a fucking cat one at 16. Who the fuck does that? Like <laughs> Stellan, Stellan, you should not have made our night so young. I know she's so talented, but you should have just kept her on for a little longer, man. Like Damn. Ugh. we should probably talk about phase two again anyway, no yeah we did little, little, little phase three tangent it's fine anyway, yeah it's on we just topic have to theorize. Yeah, yeah it's the republic it's what like s- not seven but almost nine days away oh damn how really? many days yeah how is that close the 14th mm-hmm. Until November, how many days? No, yeah, it's, it's an incredible week for Claire to have Eye of oh, Darkness yeah. and Ballad of Songbirds Stakes come out. 23, oh, yeah. 14. Yeah, nine days. 
Oh, it's wow. crazy. Okay. Uh, and we get Shadows of Starlight number two the same week. That's foul. Damn. So I'm like, can I finish my, no, can I finish my Radenverse reread before that? Probably not. I mean, I could, but maybe I should. So you just have one more book? No, I have. Oh, well, no. I finished Percy Jackson. Now I have to do Magnus Chase and King Chronicles. And then I've I was, read the entire oh, okay. Radenverse. I was wrong. High Republic number one is this week and Shadow of Starlight two is this week. That's a lot. Damn. We just keep losing, but in a good way. <laughs> I'm well, I'm losing in a bad way because I still have no concept. Sorry, but it's fine. No, that encyclopedia better pull through. If it doesn't, I I have strong words for higher I, ups. I'm like, what the fuck? I genuinely don't know why we don't have phase two concept out of the two main characters, but whatever. Anyway, um, let's talk about miscellaneous Jedi people. So Charles Roy. Creighton Sun and Enya Keen. I love Enya so much. Enya, I how she how she how she like perfectly um is just diff- opposite of Gela, but they still count money yeah. for this as well. Mm-hmm. Like and, and the way she... that Gela's just like, how are you so energetic and just yeah. so happy to be here? And wasn't there a specific like part of the chapter where Gela wishes she could be like Enya and draw yeah. like energy from Enya. Like Enya, she's just so cute. Oh yeah, it's the way she's that so Enya ADHD. Was this, like, was she's this so the ADHD. one where she was tr- she kept trying to repair the droid? I think that's the next one. No, that's Cataclysm. I think that's Cataclysm. Oh wait, but I thought a... she had fixed the droid in Cataclysm. No, I don't, there's no droid in this one because she's kind of every time we see yeah. her because she does take. Oh. Cause like well, when they go to like the transmission to go send out a transmission, like Enya's just smiling at everyone and just like I'm like her, she Gela's just like your robes are all like not on right because she's just so excited to get excited for like get ready for her day. And then you have Gela who's just like tries to smile and the guy's like, "What are you doing with your face?" And she's like, "Anyway, I'm not going to do that." Creighton's son <laughs> is kind of problematic fave. Um, Listen, so after what he did with the leveler in in cataclysm i don't that's think I yoda's fault him. that's yoda's yeah fault. but also he was encouraging that's... yoda i'm still like cretan what the fuck that's <laughs> yoda's that? fault cretan you passed the problem on to like a bunch of people 100 years later okay and fuck? who was still alive 100 years later yoda <laughs> whose fault is it really <laughs> yeah that's what i thought <laughs> So I just funny. love though, because like I think it's kind of just the first time I read Convergence. I just pictured him, I, even though they say he's forty. I picture him as this old man for some reason. I also think it's because the I think it's because the, is... the voice that is that um Mark he's Thompson Charlie Cox. That is no, the but... fan cast. It's Charlie Cox. That's, oh that's my so god! Real. No, but it's the way that like I thought he was this old man, and then I read about him in Battle of Jedi, and I was like, oh wait. He's actually a dilf. Okay. Also, um, what's his uh, what's his friend's name that dies? Sorry, spoilers. I guess. Um, Char. No, Battle nope. Jetta. The other one. Uh, yes, from Battle Jetta. I, 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 I no, no, that's Enya's master. I know that. that I need a forte. Yeah, Enya Forte. She's not in this book, is she? She's she's not. She's no. mentioned though because she's mentioned. Enya Enya makes a joke. Not yeah. She's besties. A, she makes a joke at Gela. She's like, I'm gonna tell Aida that you're not mean, and I'm like. <laughs> because Aida and, and Creighton are just like besties they're so besties <laughs> they're just the so besties that, like, like the way that like Gela views Creighton as like this serious man but then she gets him away from Char Leroy for like two seconds and then he's just like chilling out and she's just like who the fuck are you like <laughs> he's just silly goofy he's so silly goofy 
so- I also just not to like bring up Battle of Jedha, but my favorite thing is that man is like the biggest shipper of Fontu and Ziri because he's just like was like when Aida's just like I wish they could be here. He's like they're just having fun as young young newlyweds. I'm like okay. He's with it. He's one of the girlies. One of the girlies. <laughs> now I do have to be honest. I am predisposed to not liking Charrel Roy because I think Syrians. I just don't like Syrians. They're annoying. And because Kiari Moody is my goddamn enemy from that's, day one. That is true. And also, like, Char Syrians are. Kiari. Yeah, Charrel Roy is better than Kiari Moody. However, I don't like him because, in Legends at least, I don't know if this has been recanonized, but Syrian males have like six wives and they always we like, like favor. They always it, favor. It kind of like, seems like he's in the clear on that one. I feel like he is in the. I feel like he just doesn't have six wives though. I feel like that he doesn't. Just, but he's celibate. But he. I know for a fact that Syrians get special permission from the Jedi Council to have wives. Yeah. Because they because yeah because the females outnumber the males in that one. But like still, Charles Roy. I feel like that man's celibate. Good. If, I, if that was canon. Or was canonized. I, I don't. I still think that's good, no and that's why I don't like Kiari Mundi, because he abandons the Jedi Order to go and see his wives, and then be mean to his daughters because he wants his son. Okay, but that's not this man. That's Charles Roy is valid, and I love him. Yeah, I love, just, that, I love that. I love that. I love that. He's him breaking Cretan, stereotypes. He is okay. I love valid. that him and Cretan will like look at each other without saying a word, and we'll just like they have, have like entire conversations. And Gellis just like, how the fuck are y'all doing this? Like, please. Stop. I, what <laughs> I love Brain about waves. Cretan is Cretan's like everyone is my best friend. Actually, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> But like I love that their banter when they were like when we were Padawans or knights and we went on this one mission to Ryloth and we found the one thing we needed but then Cretan dropped it and then we had to go, go through the rocks to find it and Gellet's like wait maybe you guys aren't perfect huh like what? and it's just Char being like making fun of Cretan I'm like I love old men bickering this is so yeah. good middle-aged men bickering with the 20 year old teenager just like a very excited <laughs> who swears in front of her master and gal is just like you can't she's so that. real for that <laughs> it's also very evident how well they work together and yeah. how they have a, a sort of friendship with each other that maybe isn't like as prevalent in the order in those days i don't think or maybe i'm thinking of prequel jedi but it's just very evident how often they work together and how like in sync they are i think that's just one thing i love about the higher public jedi is that they do have genuine friendships with each other and like they experience and like they aren't afraid of like platonic love and connection with each other which is what, like, obviously, the fault of the prequel Jedi, but that was the point. Yeah. But, but like, the prequel Jedi, like, too, yeah, it seems like there's, like, so much... And I think you can kind of see that in higher public phase one, like, the politics of it that gets in the way of relationships. Like, I feel like yeah. especially you start to see that with Stella and Avar, that, like, how when you have these situations and, like, these politics, it ends up really affecting relationships. Um, like, mm-hmm. I think, obviously, like, Qui-Gon... And a lot of like his like stuff, I feel like comes from that. But even like Why God would have thrived in the higher public era though. That man would have truly. Yeah. Yeah, I can't talk about phase three again. Okay. You can. 
I mean, you can. (laughs) (laughs) We got to stay on track. But the one thing I'll say about phase three is that it's like we started to see the inklings of the prequel Jedi within especially wave three and a little bit in phase two, but especially in wave three. But phase three is truly going to be like the Jedi Order almost fully falling to where they are in the prequels i feel like and, and also, then acolyte and, also, and then yeah acolyte i was gonna say that how acolyte's yeah. gonna bridge the gap between yeah that. exactly after and after how- hearing what's her face in at the high republic panel how she like loves the books now she wanted to honor the books and really bridge like i'm so excited for that show yeah. simply because she knows what she's doing mm-hmm. she's read she's the done books, her research she's done her research and i'm like okay acolyte's gonna hit <laughs> But yeah. okay yeah no more phase three tangents anyway yeah but yeah <laughs> well i'm yeah. excited i'm excited but i'm also dreading it because i don't like where the pre i mean even though i love the prequel era i'm so sad where the jedi ended up at that yeah era. and it really emphasizes how far the jedi fell and how like how so focused in themselves they were being which i feel like is going to be a direct result of the pitfalls of the higher republic being yeah. like how the jedi were so far spread out how the how the nile really like challenged the jedi virtues at their core and how like just the relate everybody's relationship relationships were re- with like between their padawans and their masters and the council to the rest of the jedi order is going to be super like strained and really like taken far from their original um like virtues like in the like in shadows of starlight one where they had like accelerated like padawan training or padawan like um sparring training i don't remember what the word for that is and how that starts to get implemented and we see that again in the prequels with the clone wars and how it's they're just mirroring each other and it's it's sad and i hate it but it's also so so good (laughs) yeah but anyway, any last thoughts on the miscellaneous Jedi people? Swag. I'm good. Yeah. All right. They're great. We love them. We can talk about the Chancellors now, which I feel like is going to be very interesting because Leah, oh my God, Leah replied to one of my tweets the other day and because I was complaining about Tia Toon because I was rereading Rising Storm and she like made the prediction that Tia Toon would be Chancellor by the end of phase three. And honestly, I see that a hundred percent. Just like in the parallels of where they're going with the prequels. Tia Toon was the guy that that was pushing for the Republic Defense Coalition and didn't like the Jedi. Like, okay, yes. He said oh, he didn't yeah, like the I Jedi. Can't, yeah, I remember, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love how you're but, going this guy and me and Emma like, who who is this? Yeah. So I was like <laughs> It was it was the Sullustin guy that was like mean to Stellan and the Chancellor. Oh yeah. And he yeah, was okay. he was basically calling for militarization, which if we're making even further parallels, it's basically like America after 9-11 and how um after this attack we really, really militarized and we started like becoming even more of a surveillance state than we already were. It is really crazy how the false early beginning is just nine eleven. It, really <laughs> it is just nine eleven for America. <laughs> and that I don't know. I'm just really interested to see how like Lena So comes back from Starlight because that's going to be very, very, very difficult. And eventually I I do agree with Leah and I think Tia Toon is gonna be um the, the chancellor because he was calling for this extra coalition because i mean starlight is essentially going to be seen as a failure of the jedi which is totally not their fault but 
it, it it's going to be spun that way just in the politics of Coruscant and in the Senate and that's going to lead to the downfall of Chancellor So and yeah. that's how Tia Toon is going to be Chancellor but anyway I can't do another phase three <laughs> tangent oh my god anyway Kyung, Chancellor Greylark and Chancellor Malo I think that the idea of splitting up the chancellorship into like the political like in the heart of the politics of the political spectrum in on Coruscant and having that other connection to the outer rim was really interesting and I wonder like I wonder the thought process behind that and how it's going to come into play maybe in phase three no phase three tangent but (laughs) how they're trying to bridge the gap between the republic and they're still trying to, to foster that spirit of unity from the outer rim into the the inner rim and the core region when they didn't have starlight and how they only had the word of the chancellor to go on and connect them all yeah but yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying so hard to go not on another phase three tangent but uh, i just i wonder how malo dealt with becoming a chancellor for all the republic and not just for the outer rim well i mean just like being having being obligated to go back to the core the core and senate while also still being the link to the outer rim and i feel like uh, chancellor graylark we know her pitfalls we know what happened with axel we know about his mommy issues but uh, yeah so someone someone take over because i'm going to go on another phase 3 tangent <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Because we don't have Greylark in this one a lot. We just kind of mm-hmm. have her. Yeah. It's mostly Malo. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. But it, I, it is interesting how, like, he, they're not, the Irem and Erano are not a part of the Republic right now. And then, like, the Republic just kind of comes in. And like both, everyone just kind of feels threatened. Where they're like, "We're having these peace talks," and then they're like, "You don't. We don't know who you are. Why the fuck are you here? Mm-hmm. Like, y'all just think you can just come in here, fix our problems, when you know, yeah, yeah." And then Chancellor Malo, and then like when Ziri comes up with like a proposal for like getting married, and Malo's just like, "See, if I knew that was an option, I would have said that." And I'm like, <laughs> "But if you came up with it, they would have not have received it as well." Like, yeah. <laughs> It's like, just, I I find their dynamic interesting and how they split up their duties interesting. But yeah, uh, any and how final he just thoughts? Kind of went rogue a little bit and just kind of showed up on Iram, and then Greylark was like, "Okay, I'm gonna send my child over there just to kind of check up <laughs> on you and see what you're the fuck yeah, you're doing to basically be my spy." So Anakin of him, actually, truly. <laughs> <laughs> Not to bring up Ransom Gasterfo again, but I just remember because like people, I remember people complaining about the voice for Axel Greylark, but it, it um Mar- Mark Thompson uses the same voice for Axel and Ransom. It's the same voice, <laughs> and it makes me feel insane. He's not beating the British allegations. He's he's not. No, no, no. Fuck! It's Sinjir. It's Sinjir. That's who he has the oh, same. Sinjir is a hundred percent. Sorry, not Ransom. It was Sinjir. Um, no. So, and I, we all know how much I love Sinjir. 
so that like as soon as I got to the audiobook and Axel started talking I was like holy fuck that's that's just in Jerethilis right now so true I'm gonna lose my mind Chaos I also kings. need to put I need to put him and Axel in a room together with Ransom and just really see what <laughs> put him in a jar and shake him <sighs> shake him around <laughs> all right any final thoughts on the chancellors swag okay hey, hopefully <laughs> neither of them die at a <laughs> Or if they die. <laughs> or they, they die of natural causes of old age. <laughs> Any other plot stuff we want to talk about not discussed in the characters? You always think um, the children of Aaron were interesting. Yeah. And it all came from that one from the past. Viceroy, which fuck Viceroy. But yeah, it was yeah. also the path though, but it yeah. like oh, he it sucks. still was it still was just the Viceroy. Every time I read this, I hate him more. Cause I'm just like the way that he's like, you spent like t- a day with the barnacles and now you're like wanna be one of them. And like, oh and then he just yells at Ziri. If you wanted to bed him, you could have just done that. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. What the fuck? Bro? The link up king. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I feel like the children of Arano and the path people, I feel like are very interesting in this and how they kind of, they are, they they create chaos and they stir up the the people and they influence the, the children of Arano um, to the point where they, you know, commit terrorism. No, literally. And I'm like... Maybe let's think here. If you're like now, if you like hate Irem so much, why are you now attacking your people? Maybe you yeah. should think about that. What's really going on? Like, what the fuck? It's <laughs> like, it's very interesting. It is. <laughs> Anything else? Swag money. Swag money. Um, Swag and additionally money. So true. Any other connections to phase three? We, oh geez, to phase three, we hope to find besides the Zeri and Frontu kid. I just, I just, I just need name drops or something. That's what I need. Yeah. We got, we got the queen, queen Zeri. We got, I got the queen Zeri. I need them to have like paintings of them or like statues somewhere. Yeah. Please. I, I wonder how if if they're ever gonna address the the conflict between Aram and Arano again because like in in both Into the Dark and the other YA books they kind of did about... didn't they yeah I thought wasn't Comek and Orla's wasn't that yeah they, yeah, yeah they that was there. for Aram okay. that was the Aram and Arano people but I I wonder if they're ever gonna like talk about the resolution between them because from my understanding they're still at war during the time of phase one at least yeah like they got to like they're at war again and i want to know how we got yeah, there exactly like i want to i just want to know what happened to Viserion and fawn too i do like, i want to know what happened i need, I need, with- I need them to just grow old and die of old age but that's probably not what happened but it's yeah it's, mm. <laughs> at least right now with the how cataclysm ended they were alive and in love and happy so i did win in that respect so so true, true. <laughs> <laughs> I was so scared one of them was gonna die. <laughs> I also wonder if we're gonna get um mother, the mother name drops. Mm. 
mm. in phase two or not phase two phase three but and how like, um... and how they're gonna weave back this path of the closed fist because when i was re-listening to rising storm there was um a line kufa the old Evereni lady on the ice planet where they find the leveler said yeah. will you reopen the fist which is a reference to the path of the closed fist so i mm-hmm. wonder if they're we gonna gotta talk about... get like a marta yana name drop at one point Please, with at least marta yeah i i need i just need more about the row cousins I, I want to know, I want to know especially who Martian is descended from. Yeah. And if daddy? there's Yana's descendants. I need to know who baby daddy is. Please. I oh want to know. That girl has just wanted a baby so badly. I'm like, so who who gave you one? I, I want to know. I think someone said it was stated in the, the Marta story from tales of light and life it was the everenny that she found in the bar but i thought she killed the everenny no i think it's the everenny that she that not the one she met at the bar the one she met at the bar was old no the the um the, i think it's the one that she stays with at the end yeah the one whose wife he kills i thought nope, she killed both of them nope sister hmm? oh the Oops. sister, the sister and also the, she doesn't kill oh yeah she kills the sister she kills the sister but i thought she killed the brother too but apparently not so nope. the brother is just there with her so i think they are together they knowing how horny she is it probably ended up in uh, something so yeah <laughs> but yeah i just i i want to see more phase two connections in phase three because i know there were a lot of phase two haters but i appreciated phase two for what it was i i love phase two it's my special sauce <laughs> it really is <laughs> all right now we can move on to Kessel Run Book Club, and I'm the only comic reader present on this day, so I'll recap them very quickly because there wasn't that much that came out recently. I guess a lot of yeah. the publishing power is going to the High Republic right now, which is understandable and reasonable. So the first one that came out was D-Squad number two by Mark Guggenheim. It was okay. It was a lot of banter between Triple Zero and R2-D2, which I thought was funny, but it's it, it's just kind of there quite honestly um star wars 40 one of the fruitiest star wars comics i've ever read in a long time between lando and lobot there's literally a scene where they're on a bridge and lando tells lobot that he's the only person that he feels like can can he can trust and won't lie to like most limp-wristed thing i've ever heard in my life but this whole arc, I feel like, or not arcs, plural, I think, um, with between Lando and Lobot and how Lando feels so just des- and he's trying so desperately to save Lobot, I really enjoyed that. Because, as we all know, I am a Lando girly, and I love seeing Lando vulnerable. Okay, now the last one is Hyperspace Stories number 10, which is the Bad Batch issue. I, this is bad, but I think it was better than the entirety of season two. <laughs> just within like 23 pages. I just saw that one panel. Get Wrecker his fucking stuffy back. This isn't yeah. a joke to me. <laughs> the fact that Tech was like, we can try to fly to find it. Oh, so that's what that was. I remember Maggie throwing that at me. Yeah. Like, I don't know where this came from. Like, what is this? <laughs> it was from the Bad Batch <laughs> issue. Okay. I Get him so back. Confused. Thank you, Tech, for yeah. your concern. This my tech and wrecker are my favorite. So true. I'm like, get him back immediately. It's not a joke to me. I'm get so deadly stuffy. serious. 
but yeah it it was it was pretty good again i feel like it was better than the entirety of season two because more happened in the <laughs> in the season that happened or in the issue that happened the entire entire season um so yeah i feel i feel like moving forward doing new stories with like animated characters like the bad batch and not the characters from like the clone wars who we already know like oh anakin and obi-wan we we already have plenty of them but i feel like moving forward i feel like comics are a good way to go because it's not like oversaturating the market but it's also giving it's it also gives the characters new ways and new stories to tell like i feel like especially for the bad batch the format of the comic worked really well um as an anthology but i feel like if it were to if it were to be an ongoing like comic book i feel like that could be really good too because in animation even in animation regardless of whether or not it's a live action animation tv show they're still very limited with with what they can do and what they have access to but in a comic book it's a little bit different and you have a little bit more freedom so i feel like because one of the criticisms of Bad Batch season two was that it was very confined and not a lot happened because they were stuck in this like midway period between um, or in this very introductory period between the fall of the Republic and the rise of the Empire. Um, I feel like if they were to have a comic book like this, it would be really good and it would really fit the team and the team dynamic well. But anyway, that was Hyperspace Stories 10. Um, I still think the Quinlan Voss issue was the best issue of the entirety of the hyperspace stories series and i feel like if michael moresi did had you read it, that kills i need to okay comic books are just hard to read for me yeah Kels. i think i mentioned the last episode i was like i'm surprised i didn't see kels talking about that but i knew that you were in here percy jackson i'm also yeah. just very much in brain, percy jackson brain rot right now yeah <laughs> but kels i'm telling you it is the best like new canon piece of Quinlan content like oh regardless of um of Dark Disciple this is the best piece of Quinlan content if you oh like like from Star Wars Republic that like arc where he goes into the underworld and is like undercover oh yeah it, yeah oh. it's it's fantastic and I feel like that creative team um I think it was Michael Moresi who did this one and Nick Brokenshire who did the Jackson annual um covers a hundred percent they could c- totally carry a Quinlan series from Dark Horse. I'm, I'm, I miss that man. I mean, who? Yeah. Literally, where is he? I got a name drop in Kenobi. Nothing since. I'm starving over here. But yeah, it's 100% <laughs> worth it. And it is, oh my God. it is the best issue of that um, anthology thus far. But anyway, now we can move on to literacy updates. So I've been quite busy in literacy <laughs> land. Um, I haven't been reading a lot of comics, which I feel bad about, but I've been depo- I've been devoting that time to reading like book books and actually like expanding my brain. So something is killing the children 34 was a really good issue. The ending had my jaw dropped. Like Erica and Gabri. It's sad. Anyway. Um, Hunger in the Dust number three. I think we talked about this last time. I don't remember. But yeah, just delicious, like licking my fingers. I want more. And then I also finished Slewfoot, which is the dark, like the dark satanic Puritan horror book, which was great. And I love when evil women do evil things. Um, 
justifiably because she was like persecuted it it was like 1600s witch hunt like she was unlawfully accused whatever so she they got what they deserved um and then i also finished light of the jedi uh for my phase one adult book reread because i don't remember anything from that book other than like the house of legacy explodes yeah avar (laughs) was there and that Loden got kidnapped. So that yeah. was very interesting to read in the con- or like I guess listen to um in the context of what we know from the rest of phase one and from what we know about the path. Not not the path. I keep on mixing up the path and the Nile, which I think yeah. is really funny. I mean they but technically like, are the same thing ish. Yeah. Ish. <laughs> but yeah. Seeing the how the path still lives on in the Nile, obviously. Um, and then I finished Rogue Protocol, which is the third Murderbot Diaries book. And then I finished, I started and finished Exit Strategy, which is the last of like the core four story like setup for Murderbot. And then the next one is Fugitive Telemetry, which I haven't started yet. I also received an arc from Owl Light or Owl City Press. I don't remember what it's called, called The Haunting of Blackwater, which I thought it was okay, but it was weird because it dismissed like sexual assault in a really weird way and like forgave yeah no just not for me um just yeah very not slay but i do love me a good haunted house story but that came like super far in the in the ending but yeah i gave it three stars people gave it like four or five stars and i'm like but anyway um thanks to net galley for that book please don't publish it (laughs) jk jk (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> too late <laughs> but, but yeah also <laughs> you do have your chance <laughs> yeah and then i started the rising storm by kevin scott i'll probably finish it later today when i go on my hot girl walk but <laughs> this this book's crazy like i, I stella and elzar i haven't read it since 2021 it's no been a exactly oh my like, god i don't remember anything the last time i read it was like july july september july august september 2021 so it's been a while yeah Yeah, like on release day i think i picked it up and then i reread letter of the jedi before re re before reading rising storm for the first time and again reading it in the context of the rest of phase one and phase two is really cool and and interesting to see how they expanded upon it in phase two again i think i'll finish it today um i haven't decided if i'm gonna read or fallen star because like we all know what happens and um no comment but anyway <laughs> uh rising storm is probably my favorite book that i've reread so far and i started reading recently poor things by alasdair gray so this is being adapted into a movie by yorgos lanthimos who did Dogtooth, the lobster and the favorite and this is a parody of 19th century gothic horror literature so like frankenstein era but with the reanimated corpse of a young woman played by emma watt not emma watson oh my god emma, emma stone. stone yeah and the crazy scientist who brings her back to life is played by Will- willem defoe perfect casting from what i've read read of this but yes um i'm reading it it's it's taking me a while to get through just because goth like especially like just gothic literature is very hard for me to focus on because it's so wordy and dense and like flowery but i'm enjoying it i'm a good like horror seeker and it's got a little bit of that element in it so if you're looking for a 
it's like 300 pages so if you want to read it before the movie comes out you can um but yeah that is what i have been reading so far so emily what have you been reading um i finished perk which was very good kels i think you would actually really like that That's i did i'm i'm waiting for the audiobook on libby so it's very I, good yeah um then i read uh the wallflower wager which is another historical romance by tessa dare um it's like this guy who's called the duke of ruin because he like kind of was born into poverty and then like worked his way up uh partially through like buying people's debts and like blackmailing them uh buys a house next door to penny our female protagonist and penny's brother is like you actually have to come home and live with me because like you're not really making an effort to like go out in society you don't have a husband yet and you live with all these animals that you take in um so but the duke the main male character is like i need you to live here because like you're like an eligible bachelorette so like it'll make the property value good so they agree he agrees to like help her sell her animals and like bring her out into society and then like of course they end up falling in love it is very good and very cute um probably still liked the governess game in that series better but another banger by tessa dare um and then i'm currently reading uh or rereading the ballad of songbirds and snakes before the movie comes out it is even better than i remembered uh suzanne collins her mind is crazy um and there's just something it's weird to say comforting but there's something very comforting about like just like going back into the world of the hunger games and like reading her style and like i just think the way that she writes snow is so interesting because i remember when the book was coming out people were like oh like she's trying to make us feel like bad for snow or she's trying to make him sympathetic but like the whole book just proves that like everything in his life like he made the choice to be like a horrible evil person and like it's really interesting how like obviously she draws parallels between like Lucy Gray and Katniss but also like Snow and Katniss and like how they were like their childhood and like how hard it was like and the fact that like Katniss despite everything she went through continuously chose kindness with Prim with Rue with with Peta um but snow chose to be evil and manipulative um and it's very interesting and yeah it's just she's it's just oh it's so it's so good and it's so cool and like seeing all the little easter eggs um to like other characters and like other like foreshadowing moments to like snow's presidency uh it's just it's so cool and like of course like and all the characters are so it's it's such it's a really amazing like character study um and uh they reached a deal with uh with SAG so they're doing press for the movie right now and like I'm as I'm reading it like I'm now it's like fun because I get to like picture the actors and I just like Viola Davis and Peter Dinklage are gonna fucking kill it I know but rereading with Rachel in mind for Lucy Gray it's it's really like oh my god like yeah she was she's I think she's gonna do a really great job um 
I also think that Tom's going to do a great job to us now, but yeah, would definitely, if you haven't read it yet and you read The Hunger Games, would 10 out of 10 recommend. I've been um, thinking about it's... reading it, but I can't, I can't buy more books because I already have a full shelf. <laughs> Girl, just buy more. You should definitely <laughs> read it. Just buy more. <laughs> just buy more. Just, it's one more. And you should, you could probably get it from the library too, but, uh, yeah. but definitely would recommend it is. It's so good. It's so fascinating to see like how the Hunger Games became the Hunger Games that we see in. Yeah. Because that was like one thing that like, really threw me off the first time I read it was like how different the Hunger Games were. Mm-hmm. Like it is not like the, and like the fact that like part of the reason they are the way that they are now is because of Snow's influence um, and like ideas that he came up with. Um, really fascinating. And like how in part it's like it kind of seems like this whole thing is like to continuously punish Lucy for like what she did and the fact that like she made him care really incredible anyway Kels uh um well I don't know if you've I mean obviously if you follow me anywhere you know I'm going through a (laughs) Riordan verse reread oh Um, no I had no idea really Uh, yeah (laughs) you never talk about it (laughs) I decided um I, in five weeks, I managed to read, okay, well, okay, one reason it took five weeks was because trials took me so long to read through, because I was crying a lot, it's fine, um, <laughs> but I, I managed to read all of Percy Jackson Olympians, and then Heroes of Olympus, in the span of two weeks, and, oh then, my and, then, God. and then, and then I read Chalice of the Gods when it came out, which was very good, um, so Percy Jackson is back, um and then I went and read Trials because originally when they were coming out I only read the first two I wasn't a huge fan of the second one and then I got the massive spoiler in the third one spoiled for me on release day and I was like I'm just not gonna read it but now I I read through it and it took it literally took me three weeks to read five books because every time they mentioned Jason I would start sobbing so it it's it's fine it's trials is actually really really good and i think even even book two is still not my favorite because rick made some choices with leo's character that i'm just not a fan of i hate kaleo with a passion calypso fuck her honestly um it's valid from what i remember leo deserves so much better than what calypso is right now but anyway but so that that was but like all the apollo and meg stuff in book two was actually really good so i did enjoy all that stuff so like apollo and meg apollo and meg is one of my favorite dynamics yeah like that like i remember like even when i was like i'm not sure about what we're doing here like apollo and meg were also apollo and meg is Right. Oh my god. Book. And Raina in the fourth book was really good. Also, I did enjoy Piper in the third one. Like what Yeah, Rick she's really Piper good. Piper was too. so yeah. good. Also, and then just anytime Nico and Will show up. I'm just oh like, my god. No. Just, like my- <laughs> just, just reading. No, just reading from like in the hidden oracle, the first one, seeing where they are in their relationship, where it's like they're still trying to figure out again, bringing back, going back to Ziri and Fantu. Um, where it's just how you have the one character that just does not like physical touch and just has been so against it. And then, so you see in book one where he's like, him and Will are trying to figure out what they're doing with their relationship, kind of like Will, like Will's trying to like kind of give friendly touches. Like he'll like lean on Nico's shoulder and then Nico kind of just like brush him off a little bit, not knowing what to do. And then you get to the fifth one where, I mean, Nico's obviously going through it emotionally at this point, but 
the way that Will is like wanting to will sit by Nico and Nico will just start leaning in towards him and just wants his touch and just like and then will like reach out for his hand and wants comfort and actually finds comfort in Will and his touch and is actually welcoming Will into that and I lost it um because uh long story I don't know if you don't know anything about Percy Jackson um but I mean this is spoilers but the book's been out for 10 years at this point but um so House of Hades came out in 2013 I was 14 so I was the same age as Nico when this happened so when Nico Nico is the first queer character in the Riordan verse and he was unfortunately outed by Cupid to Jason in a very traumatic thing um I I still Rick I'm like that was a choice that you made and I'm not a fan of it and if they ever adapt Heroes of Olympus I hope that they've changed that in a way but I don't know if they will but that's if they ever do it that's years from now um but yeah, so, so it would <laughs> be years from now so but that was obviously super traumatic and it was just Nico just caving in on himself and just being super super alone and Jason was the first person that actually like made him feel like loved and welcomed and just like I actually like because I was thinking about Jason that he just even though he felt isolated, even though he was like the son of Jupiter, he always made sure that everyone on his team felt loved and accepted and that he saw them. And then Nico, because Nico thought, we'll be reading Sun of the Star, Nico thought that Jason was just going to leave him there. But Jason's like, no, that was like the bravest thing I've ever done. Like, I truly like admire you for what you did. That was insane. And I accept you and that kind of stuff. So like, that's the first time Nico really kind of was like, oh, I'm actually feeling acceptance now. So to read and then I just finished Sun and the Star yesterday so I have a lot of tabs because this book made me insane <laughs> um so I also like Nico Nico is actually the first character queer character I ever read about ever so that in and of itself being a repressed lesbian at the time not knowing and me realizing oh okay and so like Nico's always been really special to me so to have him experience love and acceptance and actually like find comfort in someone really hit hard for me with this but I was like sobbing the entire time also like not to be that person but in a lot of ways Nico and Will's relationship was kind of a lot like mine in ways where like Will would do stuff and I was like that's just Maggie okay (laughs) (laughs) I'm like hold on but yeah sun the star finished it yesterday it's so good and then I'm starting Magnus Chase again I've read it once when they were coming out and I'm excited to reread those again. And then I will reread Kane Chronicles, which is my favorite Riot and Verse series. I love that. Yeah. And then I will finish my entire Riot and Verse reread in like less than three months, which is slightly insane. I need to <laughs> finish wild. the last. I re- I don't want to reread everything. So I think I'm just going to finish the last Trials of Apollo book and just assume that you that your reread has filled me <laughs> and how uh, was actually so good i was so surprised i, I need good to read it because I, I read all of the trials of apollo books as they were coming out it used to be like they'd come out and it'd be like my end of the school year read um because i really want to read the sun and his star and the star it's, not his star but his it's, star it's because so good. nico d'angelo is my favorite character it's such a like, good character in I also the Brian just, Mercy's, one of my favorite fictional yeah. characters ever I love him so much so I need to read that and then I like, need to read Chalice of the Gods yeah and then obviously yeah Chalice was really but I've not also. been and I've not been spoiled for 
the ending of Tower of Nero or the Sun and the Damn, Star of War. Amazing. Got, so. Yeah. I don't okay. really follow that fandom anymore, but I, I was either, not spoiled but... for the big thing because I, I was reading it as it came out but I'm also still, I didn't care that much I was I'm like, okay, so no. mad I'm still so mad it was day of I got it spoiled for me and I was just like I'm not reading it no if I don't read it it doesn't happen and then I read it this last month and it was real and I have photos of me just with puffy eyes just <laughs> like my face is just red and puffy as I'm sobbing like real it was, it was if I were to top 10 worst character deaths for me, it was. Damn. I was going through it. But yeah, Marcus Shiro. Yeah, because Rick Riordan co-wrote it with a queer author. And it shows for Son of the Star because I, yeah, I was really I'm glad really glad he, he did that because I would not have trusted him. As, I love Rick, but I do not trust a cis white man to write a queer love story. So to get a queer author to write co-write it with him was the best decision he's ever made. Yeah. Yeah, I really, uh, yeah, I need to finish. You, 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 you've got you, me back you, into you it. Will, you will love Will Solace. I love that boy. I love Will Solace. Oh, I love Will Solace. I oh my love God. Will Solace. I remember when the last Olympian, when Blood when of Olympus he... came out, and I oh, yeah, was Blood like, re- and I was like, oh yeah, this is like, I was looking through so much like Will and Nico fan art and like headcanons and stuff. Like, I remembered how happy I was about I just, yeah. that. And I, I know Bloods of Olympus it. was kind of like, but all the Nico parts were fantastic. Oh yeah, Blood Olympus I have is a love hate relationship with, uh, but yeah, the Nico and Reno stuff is definitely the best it's part of really, that book. Yeah. It's so good, fantastic. But it's but in my personal opinion, it should have been a breakdown of Frank and Hazel should have had a POV, especially because Frank and Hazel were the two demigods that were the most likely to die. How the fuck are you saying that two of the dead are like a demigod is going to die and you don't include the POV of the guy who literally has a stick that stick. I have beef with, I mean, again, because Leo is my favorite rare diverse character. So all of the choices that Rick made with Leo's character post House of Hades, I'm like, not the biggest fan of but that's a whole tangent to end our episode i have a funny story about heroes of olympus that i think i've told before oh my god so when heroes of olympus came out it was the scholastic book fair right and heroes of olympus was like the featured book at scholastic Mm -hmm. book Uh, as it as it would be (laughs) yeah so my mom had actually gotten it for me from barnes and noble a couple days before and i'd read it within like three days which you know how thick that book is that was insane so this one kid who i knew had read the um heroes of olympus series and he was or not heroes of olympus but um the, yeah heroes of olympus and the blood of olympus was oh, yeah. like he was looking forward to it and he was talking about it um all week or, or i don't know if he was talking about it all week but he we had like talked about it before but we were <laughs> i was in sixth grade at this point so we were in line like walking into the library and for some reason that I just don't... aged me by a lot yeah I'm i was sorry. like i'm like grade, what do you I mean like, i was like I was... I was in high school and these like... were coming out like so we were like walking into the library i don't remember what he did but he pissed me off so i said and you know what just for that Leo Valdez dies at the end of Heroes of Olympus or Blood of Olympus. He was so mad. And I don't, Wait, I don't why remember. Are you, why were you literally that since y'all want to be assholes to do it? No, the entire man dies at the end of it. Cody starts dying. I'm not even joking. And, and you know what? I didn't even technically spoil it because he comes back to life and flies off with Calypso. That's so true. But that's so, so funny. Oh my this God. This kid 
this kid made me he sought out the librarian she pulled me into her office and made me apologize to him face to face and that kid goes to harvard now so to end our episode thank you guys all so much for listening that's iconic oh my god because y'all want to be assholes to balance (laughs) exactly but <laughs> I, have yeah. I, have, <laughs> I have many stories of me being a sassy um oh redhead God. but this anyway his hayden off is gonna be sociology assholes to balance some major star wars spoiler <laughs> <laughs> but yeah thank you guys all so much for listening um you can find us at our social medias i will also put kelsa's social medias in our um in the description of this episode um you can also follow us again on our other social medias additionally those charities and the strike funds that we mentioned before will also be located in the description of this episode and we are looking forward to phase three of the high republic with you all so thank you guys all so much for listening and may the force be with you